I've known my wife for, like, even when I became an atheist, my wife and I knew each other for 20 years, had kids together. You just don't give that up on a dime. Like, and I believe love is a choice, not a feeling. And so I choose to commit to her, even if we disagree on some of the biggest questions in life. And she chooses to commit to me. My wife is very rational. Um, and so she just, even if she thinks I'm going to hell or leading my kids to hell, she puts her trust in God that things will work out. How did your wife do? Oh, she cried probably for a year. Especially with your kids being on the same page as you now. Yeah. She cried for about a year. Um, but she has her church women's groups. She's on the worship team there. Uh, she has community. And at first that bothered me in a way because I thought they're just gossiping about me. Oh, here's this beautiful Christian woman who has this evil atheist husband who must abuse her or whatever. Um, so I had these paranoid thoughts at first. But I think now she knows that I would give my life for her. I have her back. And just because she's a Christian, I'm an atheist, nothing's changed. I wanted to give some background on this episode before I just started to play it. This was a live stream I did over on the Pine Creek channel. I'll put a description in the show notes. Doug is an ex-Christian atheist YouTuber. So anyway, this is a conversation I had with him. He's pretty popular over there. It's fun to talk to him. Hopefully you guys enjoy this. For those of pe people who don't know, you used to be a Mormon. Yes. A serious one, right? Yeah, I was all in. Is this is this it? <gasps> yep, that's it. So like, yeah, if you go to video or playlists, mm -hmm. and then mine is Where Will You Go with my face smack dab in the middle of it. Okay. So what do you basically do there? There's plenty of people like putting out all the history stuff and kind of what you do. Like there's plenty of people doing that. What I wished I was hearing were conversations across. So it wasn't just response videos it was like actual conversations with people and i think that's lacking everywhere yeah <laughs> even politically and so that's my goal and so i try to have on faithful people and people that have left are mormons scared um, to talk to you it depends on which one but on average like i i have a lot of mormon friends that i've met online for me at least i think it's tough to get reasonable thoughtful christians on so you think that so you do think that reasonable, thoughtful Christians exist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, like, I, I think a, a reasonable, thoughtful Christian would be a type of Christian who comes on and says, Doug, it just brings me comfort. I just like it. I can't, you know, I can't prove anything to you. I can't demonstrate anything to you, but it just brings me hope, meaning, purpose. Like, and then would you have still have a dis anything to talk to them about? Well, we could go into consistencies and like, how do you square this with that? But if i were a christian i would probably say i can't square it sorry i i live with the tension because it the hope meaning purpose i get outweighs the tension i shouldn't give i shouldn't give away the secrets of how to talk to me but that's probably what they should say 
Hope, meaning, and purpose. You're okay with people using it for that reason. If the placebo works, like it helps them stay sane, and if they're not causing too much harm in society, like if they're not beating their kids with a rod because the Bible says so, if they're not withholding medicine because they have faith, like if they're not, if they're just like normal everyday humans <laughs> who you know need the the sprinkling of seasoning on top of their salad to give them that extra flavor in life. That's what you. That's all you think religion is. <laughs> Well, no, that's that's how, if I were a Christian, I would try to defend it. Basically, by not defending it, I would just say, hey, I'm scared of death. I want to be able to pray on a plane if I think it's going to crash. I want to be able to pray to my kids if I, they're sick. It just makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I would stay away from the historical stuff. I would stay from, away from the even the philosophical stuff. I would just say, yeah, it's a crutch, and I need it. Please don't take it away from me. What about the arguments about it being like pragmatically the best way for humans to live? Does that? Yeah, that's sort of what they would say. Like for them personally, it's pragmatic for them. It, it, no, but what about you? Like, what do you think about that? Like as a society, do you think society's better off with or without religion? <laughs> uh... We seem to be religious creatures. So would you rather us believe in like a thousand year old religion or... A 60-year-old religion? Oh, that's a great question. So the question is, uh, you asked the first question of... Would you rather someone... We seem religious, right? So it seems like the default is that humans are going to participate in some kind of religious... Yeah, it depends how you define religious, but yeah, I I think we have a proclivity for community because we're a community species. And it seems like community is stronger when there is a um a common <clears throat> a common shared belief and usually that common shared belief has to be pretty weird in order for the, the group to to remain together uh, explains your se community <laughs> shots fired <laughs> you think you, you think they're weird no. no i don't i'm just being funny seeing you laughed i did laugh <laughs> That was good. Uh, so yeah, would you rather have a thousand-year-old religion? People have. I'm leaning towards or... a thousand-year-old religion is better than a sixty-year-old one, but I can't. My intuition—that's what my intuition say, but I can't explain why. It's because it's been tested. No, that's not it. It's it's almost because it's more wishy-washy. Like if a religion that's only sixty years old is probably not going. to... Oh, are you talking about Scientology? No. Oh, because that's in the last hundred years, right? Yeah, it's. I think this is why it's so easy to leave Mormonism and harder to leave traditional Christianity because Mormonism has better evidence both for and against. Mm-hmm. So it's like once you start looking into it, it's easy to leave. But with Christianity, like we don't we don't know what Paul did on Tuesday evenings. We don't know what Peter did on Wednesday nights. Like, mm-hmm. and anything that might have been written about them that makes makes them look um, like a God has nothing to do with them. You know, that's probably long gone, lost, uh, or purposely destroyed or same with jesus like any dirt on jesus is long gone if it was written well yeah it's been it's been wiped clean yeah what do you think do you think like well let me finish that my answer a little bit that's that's what i think the best argument for religion is is that we are going to create our own religions and it's going to be by going through that long of time you will have gone through lots of different stages of civilization and so you'll have maybe more wisdom built into it 
maybe, possibly. I don't know. Just well, there's definitely more the uh, apologetics the older the religion because they've had more time to fiddle with it and maybe help correct it. Like even in the... And refine it, yeah. make it better, right? Yeah. 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 Maybe that's a good way to put it. Like even the Gospels, you see that correction taking place. But I do think that if religion were to go away completely tomorrow, there might be some chaos in the world. Eh, that's not quite what I mean, though. When I say like, like, I think you can kind of see it happening in our society. I think people replace their God with something else. And it seems to be politics. That's, that's kind of. Yeah, well, maybe not most politics, important thing to people. Maybe not politics directly, but definitely activism. Like they need a goal, right? They people yeah. who leave traditional Christianity or traditional religion, they need to fill that need with something else. And there's some people in here right now, they filled that void with uh, street epistemology or, you know, queer rights or trans rights. It keeps them have a sense of purpose. And then I just had a live stream today uh, where we talked about climate change. And you know, for a lot of people, that's their big thing now because mm -hmm. we're all going to die. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, it's like second coming, basically, right? <laughs> well, I'm sure Jesus will return they, before they the earth burns up. They're not very good at their predictions either. Oh, oh. You, you, you should. You, oh, I can't do that on this channel, right? No, no. It's the evening. We, huh? we can talk about whatever we want. Like politics and religion, they mesh, they intertwine so much. It's, it's really difficult to really have two separate channels, but I do it anyhow, just to keep some people happy. Because I, I love people and I care about them. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think that if you're super duper left, do you think that uh, you're more likely to be Christian or atheist? Well, this... Does that make sense, what I said? Yeah, I think the data's in on that, right? There's more atheists, at least in the United States, there's more atheist lefters than writers. No, of the, of the people that are left, you think more of them are atheist than Christian? No, no. No. There are more Christian people on the left yeah, than atheists Yeah, if you were to take the all the people who lean left and ask them, are you an atheist or a theist? They're going to say theist. Oh, okay. I guess that, yeah, you're right. So there's this this website called Three Practices, the number three, and then practices.com. And they host these circles where you have, they, they have a set of rules that you have to follow, and it basically forces you to listen. You can't argue but you can have divisive topics and it's really cool. I like it. That's why I go hang out with these guys, but they're all. What platform do you use me. for that? Is it just like a zoom zoom? Yeah, it's yeah. You should, it's just like a little you should invite me. Do, is it imitation only or anybody can No, If you go to three practices, I'm, I'm starting to do them every Tuesday night. So that's where I was right before I came on here at six thirty mountain time. Three practices.com. Yes. And if you, there's a tab that says upcoming circles. Mm -hmm. I see it. And anyways, you go there and the format is you have some kind of framing question. And when people uh, respond, they have two minutes to respond. And then vo another volunteer can ask them like a clarifying question. You have to say the phrase, I'd be curious to know. And then you go through about three rounds of those different volunteers responding to the framing question. It sounds like a version of street epistemology. It 
it's I would say it's in the same family. I don't think these guys even know about straight epistemology, but they're all Christian. That's the thing I was about to bring up. They're all lefties and they're all Christian. So it's just weird because so I'm like an odd duck because I am different than politically and religiously. Are they like, progressive the only... evangelicals or are they mainline like Anglican? Types? Um, I've never asked them like what which um well, which I gotta come to this. they are. It's pretty. Um, it, I don't understand why it hasn't blown up because it seems like this is what people want. And if people are too afraid. Maybe they don't like the registration thing. They, you do have to register to try to keep out trolls, I think. Well, you just have um, to give the last four of your social and your mother's maiden name, right? <laughs> you just have to register your email. So anyways, come Tuesday night next next Tuesday night. I don't know what the topic's going to be yet. Actually, maybe no, you, you can help yeah, me decide. Yeah, it was on there. What would be? Your... Well, next Tuesday, it's not on there. Oh. Tonight, it was our progressives against free speech. That's the circle I hosted. It was actually a really good conversation. There, I would say progressives are not against free speech unless it's misinformation. <laughs> yeah, who gets to decide what that is? Yeah, yeah. When Galileo said that Earth revolved around the sun, misinformation. Mm -hmm. yes, so you, indeed. so you play poker on Sundays. This on Tuesdays. Poker on Wednesdays. No, I don't do poker every time, and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but you should. Yeah, it's five dollars. I'll do it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be your fish meanies. <laughs> you pick on the Mormon that doesn't know it's like against their religion to play poker. I'm going to ask uh, the live stream chat if there's any Mormons there. Any Mormons? I guess I just did ask them without typing, right? Any Mormons in here who know Marty? Yeah, do I have any fans? Who is Marty? Ask B. Guzman. Who are you and what are you doing here? I am the female version of Doug. I'm here. <laughs> now everybody hates you. <laughs> Why do they hate me now? I remember the first time I actually really heard you talk. And I think it was on Nathan's channel, right? Yeah. He wanted people to come on and defend Verveke, Peterson, or Paul Vanderclay. Yeah. And I came on to defend yeah. Verveke. I've interviewed Verveke actually on my podcast. It's one of my favorite ones because he he's a really cool guy anyways um but i remember listening to you yeah. talk and i and i remember typing in the live stream chat it's like i'm looking in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> you put a nice long wig on me and i that's right what's the uh average mormon kid rate i would say you can be a good mormon with three to four okay when my when i grew up it was five to six I had friends, I had two friends in high school, really good friends, and they came from families with 10 each. Man. So if you, in 2022, if you're a Mormon, you only have two kids, you're looked down upon? Kids? Uh, two kids, yeah, you're gonna get the side eye a little bit. You better have some reason, like you had some infertility or, there's no, there's no law, right? I mean, they just give these conference talks all the time that make you feel guilty if you ever thought that maybe you wanted only two kids. <laughs> Is it okay if I have some rum while we talk? Hey, uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, question. I won't get drunk though, because that's a sin. Why don't Christians have more kids? Like, why is it just Catholics and Mormons? Because, I mean, we, I think it's the same. Is it just not something that's promoted? Well, evangelicals have quite a few kids. But why? So evangelicals make up 20% of the U.S., 25 actually. No, 20. Catholics make up maybe 18 15 percent of the total population 
So that's still a big chunk, but probably it's expensive. Maybe that's a reason. I'm drinking rum and Diet Coke out of a coffee cup because I don't have anything else. So people will think I'm drinking coffee. So when you were a Mormon, you basically had, didn't gamble. You couldn't even play poker with me, right? If you were a Mormon. Uh, okay, so that's a that's a fuzzy one. Like you'd have your super devout people that wouldn't even touch face cards because there was one talk given one time, long time ago, where a guy said the face cards of the devil, right? I, I don't even know the right, the right quote. I don't even know the talk. So that is one that would be perpetrated by like your parents if they really believed it. But they have there's weird rules that kind of fade away. But if you are born in a certain household, your parents might keep it going. I don't know if that makes sense, but. But definitely not smoking. Yeah, not smoking. And definitely uh, no, no caffeine. No, it's not caffeine because they drink their Diet Coke and their sugar drinks. What Mormons I thought Mormons are... can have, they didn't, they don't drink coffee though, right? So it's kind of weird. There's a, there's an interview where the prophet of the church was interviewed by Larry King. And he asked, he said, and you guys don't drink caffeine, right? And he said, yep, but that's not totally true. It's the, the scripture is hot drinks and it's tea and coffee. That's, that's. The scripture says no hot drinks? No hot drinks, right? Yeah, Doctrine and Covenant section, I think eighty nine. What's the reasoning really behind that? Can you have soup? Because Joseph, Joseph's soup uh, is oh, a hot no, drink. hot chocolate, hot chocolate is fine too. Like it's not actually hot drink. So, so that's what the scripture says. And then the the modern day prophets have told us that that's. I say us. Just bear with me. I'm not Mormon anyone, but I am. It's never going to be. Well, leave, culture, right? you're like me. You're culturally a Mormon. Yeah. But theologically, like, not. I'm culturally well, a it, Mennonite. And I, I still do get a little defensive, too, like if you're starting to attack them, because I don't feel like my family is dumb or anything. Like I think it's, I don't know. It's just I'm not on board. So right? tell me about your family. Like, are they all. So they're all still Mormon. And. So I have one brother that's agnostic, but he practices. If that makes sense. Okay. So he's sort of like a cultural Christian. And yeah. when you left Mormonism, how much did your parents cry or did they? It was a pretty big deal. Yeah. That was a really, really big deal. And did you feel guilty about that? About them being sad? Yeah. He, well, yeah, I didn't want to hurt him. But I felt this is a good way to describe it. When everything came crashing down, uh, I would say I had two bad decisions in front of me, like stay or leave. And they were both bad, right? Neither of them was a good, good decision, but I, I chose the least bad one, which was being honest with myself. And when you made that choice and you told, did you tell your family or did they just figure it out on their own? So my daughter was almost going to be eight. And so you baptize your kids when they're eight. Mm -hmm. And we knew we might not be doing that. And so we told everybody pretty early, like really fast. Mm. So timeline, uh, fall of 2019 is when things came crashing down. Long story. You probably don't want to hear it. And then we kind of removed ourselves from the, so you get callings. So, you, uh, you know, you teach, you teach the little kids their church lessons, or you are, the organizational leader of the, the women's organization, or you are the organizational leader of the youth. Like, so you have these volunteer positions where they ask you to 
hey, will you do this? And you say yes. You always say yes. <laughs> Unless you're a bad Mormon, you say no. Mm. That culture is kind of changing a little bit, though. Like, if people are too busy, um, they're learning to be like, you know, I, I can't say yes. And it's it's not as hard to say no, I don't think. But anyways, we asked to not do those jobs anymore. And that was... But did you I'm trying to use I'm trying to use universal language that your audience will understand but I it's been it's really hard because we have I, our own language there's <laughs> if, if there's probably a lot of ex-mormons in here at least a few and if uh, someone doesn't understand something they will explain it or or I'll oh. ask but what, did oh, you Yeah, you might not understand. Did you ever like did your mom or dad come up to you and say why are you leaving? And then if they did what what did you say? Uh, I had some pretty big back and forth with my dad right at the beginning and our relationship was pretty awful at the beginning because that's all we talked about mm. was for me personally, all of a sudden something we had in common was gone and I realized I need to start focusing on what we have in common, not what we don't mm. have in common. I went and I gave him a hug and I kissed him on the cheek and I said, I love you. And that was it. That's the only thing I said to him because that was more important to me. So than... is it still kind of tense today? No, it's pretty good. I mean, we don't talk about it a lot, but I've, a lot of the reason those conversations were coming up were probably because I was bringing it up because I wanted to explain myself. I guess you want people to know you didn't leave for the reasons that you think people leave when you're practicing, right? So it's not because I wanted to sin. It's not because I'm lazy. It's not because, you know, all of the reasons you think that apostates are born. <laughs> so what was the big thing for you? Like if I know there's many things, but what would be on top of the list? Um, well, I lost my belief in the supernatural, but then I was still trying to Jordan Peterson it. And I was trying to act like I believed. And I thought, oh, that's a, that seems right. Like I'll act like I believe. But it gets really tricky when you are making some pretty strong claims that you don't believe and you're teaching them to your kids. Like that really started to bother me. Um, my husband came home from an early morning meeting and he was all gung ho and he's like, hey, we need to be doing this and this and this better. They have this program called Come Follow Me where you teach your family lessons from a book that is published by the church. And it will be loosely based on scriptures uh, mingled with philosophies of the men that run the church. And can I get it? Like, that was a funny from anybody that's Mormon that was listening to that. I need, that was funny, just so you know. <laughs> and Who, So you left before your husband then? We left together. I wouldn't have left. I would still be active right now if he didn't leave. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty non-confrontational. I would actually be, I, even now I say that I could, I could do it. Like if you could, could do, do what you could be a I Mormon again mm -hmm. or just go to church I, and fake being a Mormon again. No, I just be honest. Like, so I wouldn't be able to fully participate because I don't believe so. I wouldn't be able to go to the temple right? and I wouldn't pay tithing. So therefore I wouldn't also not be able to go to the temple, but going to temple is like part of worship. It's not a part of Sunday worship. And that's it's that like, big castle in Salt Lake city, right? Yes. They're all over. That has um men in black guarding it yeah they're i think it's closed right now they're doing renovations mm. maybe they're done i don't know anyways um but yeah i would practice as much as i could at the level that i believe i would be okay doing that interesting yeah i don't think i could do that you said something interesting the, the first thing that went was your 
belief in the supernatural, right? It wasn't yeah. golden plates. It wasn't Joseph Smith. That's where it was. So I lost my belief in the supernatural, right? Yeah. But how? And then it what? took a while. James Randi. James Randi. Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. I loved Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. So I would, yeah. I've met the him, Fulets? by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. In fact, my cousin almost got beat up by his bodyguard. <laughs> wow. But that's a different story. How did story. that happen? Uh, well, that's crazy. my cousin is a big guy, and he actually started running towards Penn Jillette. And Penn! And the bodyguard just rushed in. <laughs> well, at least one of them did. And said, back off, buddy. Oh, and that's when you met him? You just shook his hand? Yeah, well, I went to uh, the amazing meeting in 2012. I was a fresh atheist at the time, and they were guests there. Okay. When, when he was fat. Yeah. He was big. So I, I guess I did my research on whether supernatural things exist on the internet. And I followed a bunch of those uh, people that claimed that they could do something supernatural and then they did the, the test for them. So I watched a bunch of those. Uh, yeah, the million dollar thing. And I just, I realized that hoping for um, rare miracles was probably just not reasonable. Um, now, as far as I never really, it, it's, it's amazing how you can compartmentalize because I just didn't think about gold plates. I didn't think that was reasonable. But I did have this hope that maybe God did that still. He allowed that to happen, right? So maybe, maybe there's a chance. And and then I also, I knew about some of his treasure hunting. And I was like, oh, that's okay. If if God was going to restore the church, like the, the Mormon church claims, it would have to be through someone that believed in that kind of stuff. I was also following uh, Jordan Peterson a little bit, right? So James and Randi, say, Jen... Uh, Penn Gillette and uh, James um, and Jordan Peterson. Yep. Those are the your horsemen. Yep. Yeah. And Sam Harris a little bit. It was a conversation that Jordan Peterson was having with Sam Harris and they were talking about truth. It was an oh, awful podcast. I heard that one. Last, oh, that was right? so... <laughs> yes, right. So it was interesting to me and there was this moment I remember where I was like, I was out on a run, I was listening and, uh, they both agreed that we should be honest. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. They both agree. I don't know why that was so profound to me. Right. But it was, and it was at that moment that I, I realized that I don't believe the gold plate story. Like, I don't believe that if I'm being honest with myself, I don't believe that. And that led to me just wishing I could tell somebody, but I couldn't, and I didn't. These are just thoughts in my head rolling around. Like I was still active, like practicing Latter-day Saint. Like nobody would have known anything was wrong. This was all just in my head that I was changing these beliefs. And so I'd say about three years later. And, and meanwhile, I'm serving with the kids organization and I love it. Like the little kids are awesome, right? Like there's nothing like, and you'd have these moments and you just feel love for all the kids and you're just like, oh, that's God, right? You probably like, missed yeah, that, husband. right? I, um... Oh, now you got your uh, own kids, so... I don't know if I miss that, actually. I, I think that's... I get those moments other ways. Like, I don't have to get it that way, I guess. Yeah. Like, I really like this this three-practice organization. I... I like doing that. I get those same feelings when I'm interacting with other humans, so it doesn't have to be through through that. Can you? But yeah. Like most of the people who watch my channel are uh, 
I wouldn't say most, but a lot of ex-Christians. Can you summarize in bullet point form the difference between Mormonism and Mormonism and evangelical Christianity? Can I? Yeah. Well, I'd, you're gonna have to give me some comparisons. Like, there's a big difference. Do they believe? Oh, oh, do they believe Jesus go is God? They believe that. Oh, so the Godhead is different for sure. So they believe that there's that God has a physical body of flesh and bones, and then so does Jesus Christ. And they, Jesus Christ oh. is God's literal Son. And then you have the Holy Ghost who doesn't have a body, so that He can dwell with us. And so tell God us the, the Father truths. actually has. A body of flesh fingers, and toes, buttocks. Yes. How much of the traditional Bible, sixty-six books, do they believe is actually accurate? Like, because Joseph. Oh, they believe all the Bible. They believe all the Bible, but they believe that it's been muddled with by men. So that this nice and so like if I were in a a Bible class when I was younger, it would have been something like, yeah, there was this whole thing where it was a Nicene Creed and. They'd use all the atheist arguments to explain why the Bible was not a good, reliable source. Like you have, that's why you have to have a living prophet. Yeah, that's very similar to Islam, because Islam will say that a lot of the Bible is God's word, but it's been fiddled with. Well, did you have questions for me? Sure. Oh, Ready? you have them written down. Yeah. How many of your friends actually believe? Like if. Do they ever express doubts to you? No. And, they, and now they wouldn't, for sure, unless they were like definitely making a decision, like a move. They wouldn't. They wouldn't trust me. So you're right. They don't trust me. They don't. On you're the enemy. On. Not, not well, well hang on. But they're your friends. Right? They will. How do I explain this? They would trust me on math, right? They would trust me on. Okay, but uh, everything but Mormonism. Yeah. Anything but religion. Yeah. My question is, is it okay for someone to be religious? Sure. My wife is. Yeah, but would you, wouldn't you rather her be on the same page as you? Yes. But I see how much value she gets from the belief. How much community she gets. She doesn't play poker like I do. She doesn't really do sports. She could come. Come where? To the your three thing? No, to poker. Oh, no, 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 no. She, no, she would never, ever do that. <laughs> Why? She hates math, and she hates... And she's a horrible liar. <laughs> so she'd lose all the money that you make? <laughs> she would, like... She would pick up pocket aces, and she'd go... <laughs> <laughs> and everybody would fold. Kind of like I did, kind of like I did the other day. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, though... Where I don't know how to play. I think I have something, but I don't, right? So. Yeah, that, that's a problem. Yep. But yeah, it's okay yep. to, um, in my opinion, to be religious. I think, I think a lot of non-religious people are sad if they can't find a replacement. I think it's harder outside of religion, but I do think you can form your own communities. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's harder work. But if right? you're an introvert. And I think you do need that. If you're an introvert, religion is the place to be. Like... You just show up and there's always people there greeting you. You know, you know, when you go probably in the Mormon temple or church, you have people standing at the doors and greeting. Yes. Yeah. At the temple you do, not in so much at church. Yeah. Yeah. I love the temple workers. They were the sweetest. They're always these old grandma and grandpas and they're yeah. always so nice. You just always so have a smile on their face. You're such a special person. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. If believing in religion has a pragmatic net good, should like you, but you have to literally believe, and it has pragmatically a net good for society, and there's no other way to get it. Would you hope for religion at that point that people re were participating in religion? If it was pragmatic, if it was always pragmatically good, yeah, I guess so. But the thing is, another problem is how do we don't choose our beliefs, right? Like, how do you force yourself well, to I, believe something you don't believe? No, but but would you hope for it? Like, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think I would, given that that assumption that it was pragmatically good. I guess you could even say, make it a little tougher. If the good, if there's a lot of bad things about religion too, which there is. But the good outweighed the bad. Would you still be for it? That's a bit tougher question. Um, right. Depends. Yeah, yeah I, I'm a consequentialist. I'm a pragmatist. So I would have to answer yes. But the pro consequentialist, that's, what is that? I don't know. If I that means if, if the result of religion is a net benefit to society, then one ought to do, to do it. Well, how do you define the benefit? Like, is it the suffering? Is that your yeah, metric there? Well-being, unnecessary suffering. The problem is a lot of what the good in religion can be done outside religion as well. So it would have to be good that you could only be found within, in, within religion. And the only thing I can think of that can't be replaced would be the whole idea of eternal life. And so if a person, if that is the pragmatic good, is this hope for eternal life, yeah, you would have to be religious. But fortunately or unfortunately for me, I just have no desire to live forever. I remember having that thought of like, oh shit, like this is it. Yeah. <laughs> like if if all that's not true and I've come to all these conclusions, like, uh-oh. But you know but what's you know, weird interesting? about me? I had, the, I had a high when that happened and it was like, if this is it, then I need to get my act together. Like I needed it do something with my life. Like yeah. it was kind of, it was actually a, and it didn't last a super long time. It was memorable. Like, but, but here's a paradox yeah. about me. Like I also believe that this is it. This is our one chance and then we're dead. We're worm food. But I'm, I also will say things like happiness is overrated. Like, so maybe I'm a more than just a consequentialist. I'm, I, I, I find virtue in, in sacrifice, in, doing things for my kids, my family that uh, might not be good for me. What if something happened to your family? Oh, like, that would be if, tough. Uh, right, like but right now, would, my family is my whole meaning and purpose. What would? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's what just, would happen? Just barely do you think you would make? Do you think <laughs> what, would, what would pull you through that? What would pull me through that? Yeah. Like if my whole family died in a car accident and I was all alone? Yeah, I guess I would just um, my other immediate family, but if I didn't have them, Oof. I mean, I don't know. I, it, I sometimes think about that and I know there's organizations that specialize in helping people who've lost like their whole family. Uh, but that like, that's where religion's useful, right? Because Mm, I don't think you have to have religion for that. Though. Well, no, I mean like not to off yourself. If you believe you're going to go to hell, um, it helps you survive. Uh, because people that believe in hell will off themselves, though. Like I don't. You think that stops well, some you, people? That's true. Like, there's a lot of Christians who commit suicide, but 
I think there's a lot of people, though, who don't commit suicide because they, they think there's no guarantee their life will get better. Like, if they kill themselves, it'll be worse than Earth. Well, if life's like an opportunity, right? If something happened to all my family, I, I know it would be hard. Like, that would be a terrible, terrible, terrible tragedy. And it would take some serious healing to get over that. But I'd like to think that, like, my 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 outlook is like i don't know why i'm here pretty like but it's kind of it's kind of crazy it's 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 a very cool opportunity to be right and so why not do something with it like i'm not sure and i don't know yeah like but you're also a lot younger than me i could travel like I could. you don't ever fantasize about how much good you could do like just by doing little things every day, more than whatever. You, you could done. make a difference. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I guess so. But I don't have any yeah. of these. I don't have these illusions that I can change the world. Like, no, I, I'm talking about changing right what you're touching, where you're at. Like that doesn't. Yeah. That satisfies yeah, that, me to true. be able to even make the difference to one person is very satisfying for me. Like I've gotten emails and this probably would, would help. Like if I lost my whole family and I had my main hope, meaning and purpose gone, like I get emails from people who said, Hey, I was considering suicide, but I watched your video on this guy was a Calvinist and he was becoming suicidal because of Calvinism. True story. Wow. Like this whole idea that God has decreed everything and, and he believed in God strongly, but yet he, he was left thinking that his, he's worshiping an evil God and for all the suffering in the world. And he, he became suicidal and he saw a couple of videos of me just trouncing Calvinism and he left Calvinism and is now happy. Hmm. So that feels pretty good. That's good. Yeah. I might have actually saved, saved a life. Right. Yeah. But who knows? Here's another question. Like, do you think it... Do you think it's possible that religion is doing something for humanity, like something that we can't even comprehend? Be like a God of the gaps kind of argument. It's like, yeah, I understand that I have no business believing in God, but uh, it's worth participating in because there's something going on there that I can't comprehend. I don't understand, but it's, it's in my nature to participate. Well, yeah, I think we are wired that way because of evolution to have this community and I don't think but no be, beyond that though like that is within your comprehension right like you're you're understanding what benefit religion has i'm saying there's something beyond your comprehension that is more true than atheism well you're basically asking is it possible that theism is true yes and i always answer yes to that yeah but it's not likely yeah that is what i was asking <laughs> I, yeah like that's that's i didn't i i think about that a lot like i think a lot about how much more we know than dogs know and how much or even how much more I know than when I was 10 and how much more my 10 year old self knew than when I was two. And just that, that being able to grasp reality to me, I, I have no idea what reality is. Right. Well, and, and, and then even, and then even what the physicists know above what I know, right. The people that can kind of comprehend for 40, you know, like, but it's not just us. It's like also animals. Like the fact that we can comprehend reality yes. is amazing. But like I, I play uh, fetch with my dog often with a tennis ball. 
and I bounce things off fences and, and walls and stuff. And my dog can predict, and all dogs I'm sure can do this, can predict the angle of incidence equals the angle of reflection. And, I don't, and that freaks me out for some reason. It's like, mm. whoa, this is a conscious thing calculating angles and everything, and it's a dog. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because that's where I feel like... So either the it, dog is as amazing as we are or we're no better than a dog. Well, maybe just a little bit better than a dog, right? So you can right. t- look at it both ways and say, oh, this is this consciousness idea in, in mammals. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not saying that humans are amazing. I'm saying we're like the dog. We are as dumb as dogs. So maybe we shouldn't try to well, get ahead of ourselves and, and be but like religious bunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think being honest is best, right? And I think religion in general got scientific when we got scientific and then they tried to like make these propositional truths. But I don't think that's what religion was before we had science. I think the the bad turn that religion has made is that it tried to make propositional truths when it that's really not what it was about. It was more about that feeling that people have that's like God is everywhere. God is God is the universe. See, is you know, this the get... Jordan Peterson coming out in you right now? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because he says this, right? No, he doesn't word it like this. This would this is more like Buddhism type. Yeah, yeah. It kind of gets that sense though, right? So does consciousness really freak you out? consciousness yeah no no okay. i don't know i don't know what you mean by freak me out well that as a how do some people phrase it as an emergent property of matter that the fact that it's fascinating the fact that carbon hydrogen oxygen can come together with some minerals form neurons that we can have the self-awareness well, what's interesting though is if i let my like when I go there, you, you start thinking about how you don't really feel like a self sometimes. Like you just, you almost can step outside of yourself, right? Yeah. And then that, that takes away that kind of But even stepping outside coolness. yourself is kind of but freaky. That, 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 that's, nah, that's probably, that's true, actually. No, that's, that's Like if theists, are, if theists are listening right now, and a lot of them do this, I think you're on the right track. It doesn't prove or demonstrate Christianity or Islam or Mormonism or any specific religion. But the fact that we have consciousness is pretty freaky. Yes. And the thing, but I, but the I thing guess, is, I guess the, when you say it like that, I say it in the same way of like, why am I here? It's, I don't know, but I'm willing to play with it. I'm willing to play the game of life. Right. I, I guess I don't think it's any more freaky than why am I even here? Like, why is there anything? Why is there something rather than nothing? You know, like that's also kind of weird. Yeah, that is weird as well. But to me, it's not quite as weird as consciousness. Kind of goes back to that comprehension thing. But what what kind of goes against that for me personally, that freaky idea of consciousness is things like putting your hand on the stove. And you pull back fast. Yeah, and you pull back fast. And you don't experience, you're consciously not experiencing what happened just a few seconds prior. So then you're thinking... Well, even that in itself is kind of freaky because you're pulling back before you even ex- experience the pain. And it's like, there's actually, you can measure the time difference between your conscious experience and your motor skills. And that's freaky. But don't you think that's just, I mean, evolutionarily, wouldn't that make sense? Just it's an older system because you have things that recoil from 
pain yeah without a brain yeah it, it makes sense uh that's what that's why i'm saying that's what kind of brings me to more of a oh yeah this is naturalism right like this is everything's matter because you can see these these lag times in in real time yeah. um and then you look at the animal kingdom and see like you it kind of freaks me out just looking at ants and bees like why yeah like have you ever just looked at the ground and watched an ant and then you see it go left yeah. you see it go right see it go straight why are you doing this ant what's governing that like right. you can really go insane thinking about these things <laughs> yeah no I, I i know what you mean or even like the other day i had um a fly in in the bathroom i'm sitting on the toilet watching a fly and i'm pondering these things like, what is the materialistic explanation for all the paths that this fly is making? And this this kind of talk doesn't help the theists at all because they could just say, well, God did it. But that doesn't really help them, right? But it's just, it's so fascinating to think about. When you're thinking about that, does it give you pause to think about that maybe the belief in God is like part of our, maybe it's not just some hijacked thing that so people can have power, but it's actually like a, it's a benefit to humanity. Oh yeah, and, definitely. And maybe like, it's, it's worth rescuing, I guess. Like right now I, I can't believe in any of the organized religions, but maybe religion is worth rescuing and making and being, and but, being but in line what, with science. But what, what exactly is worth rescuing like this? The wisdom. I think there's a lot of wisdom in the Bible and just the idea of God <laughs> doesn't have to be defined. I think you make the mistake. And once you define God, you can prove it wrong. And I think that's the mistake of defining yeah, God. Yeah, you're right God's there. got to be, God's got to be something bigger than anybody defines it in but current like, religions. Like today I, I did a live stream on the political channel and I asked a poll question on how much people worry. Uh, do you worry a lot? Do you worry little? And I said, I, I almost never worry. And then I said that the verse in the Bible, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. I said, that's great advice. Hmm. Now you can, you should still plan and, and for tomorrow and, and take steps to improve tomorrow and so forth, but to actually worry about it. No, that's great advice, but I really don't think it takes religion to come up with those little nuggets of good advice, right? You can, yeah. Well, that's what I see like Jordan Peterson doing. I feel like he's trying to rescue religion without trying to deny evolution, without trying to deny science. He's a, he works with a lot of sick people and he's a sick person as well, like physically. And I think he sees a lot of mentally ill people and thinks that religion can help them. Right. What is it, it that you think he thinks this, the, religion the whole, will help? The whole sense of purpose. Like you see in a lot of young kids today, especially technology is pro partly to blame, always on their cell phones. They're not having uh, real friendships, or a lot of them don't. Face-to-face -face conversations, a community, and, so, and so religion can help with that. Okay, do you think that he would rather someone be a fundamental Christian or someone like Pine Creek? Fundamental Christian. I don't think so. Oh, he doesn't like atheists. He doesn't like new atheists. There's a difference. Oh yeah, I'm fifty. I'm fifty one, kind of... so I'm an old atheist. But ah, uh, no, he I thinks think... atheists. You listen to him with Matt Dillahunty, right? He basically just 
trashed atheists there, if memory serves. The conversation with Sam Harris is way different, right? Yeah, that's true. Matt Dillahunty is, um, they were talking past each other. That was like, debates aren't interesting to me when they're talking past each other. I loved Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris because they were actually addressing each other. They were still manning each other and trying to address that, not this. Well, the problem yeah. with Sam Harris is he can't let things go. Like once he's like a dog that once he's clenched onto that bone, he won't let go. And so when they were talking about the whole idea of truth, whether truth is more pragmatic or more objective, he refused to go further in the conversation until they kind of solved the idea of what is truth. Yeah, he didn't want Jordan Peterson getting all slippery on him, huh? Yeah. Which I, I don't know, maybe. I go. It's smart to it's smart to define your terms. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. But if it were me, I probably would have said, said, okay, let's Jordan, let's move on. <laughs> like at some point, mm -hmm. you just gotta. We're not going to see eye to eye. Yes, yeah. but maybe that is why the other conversations ended up so well, is because they hammered that out for maybe ever. Maybe. So, do you think? that there's like a God-shaped hole in people's heart when they leave religion? It wasn't for me. And I know it's not for a lot of people. A lot of people have a born again experience after leaving evangelical Christianity, like the relief. In fact, Tyler Vela, who's that? Do you know who that is? Uh, did you, is that the one you talked about yeah. recently? Yeah, recently, okay. yeah, he, he was a Calvinist evangelical type Christian. And I think in him, one of his videos, he said, I'm at peace, I'm content, I'm not sad. It's like, it's almost a relief that he doesn't have to have this cognitive dissonance anymore. And I think that's the case for a lot of Christians uh, who leave Christianity. I'm trying to think if it was a relief for me. It was a lot of work for me. So I wouldn't say that relief. Maybe I had little moments of relief, but it was a lot of work because I had to sort out my relationships because I, I live I live in a Mormon area. All my friends are Mormon. All my family is Mormon. Like I had to, that was stressful trying yeah. to navigate when that. You're, when you're with your your friends and family, it can be stressful. I remember the first time I saw my parents after I became an atheist. Um, I flew to Canada and I was worried about something really stupid like dinner time. Is going to say the prayer? Yeah, is my dad going to ask me to pray? Not knowing I'm an atheist. And if he does, what am I going to do? I remember having this conversation with some of my friends asking for advice. Do I fake it? Or do I say, I'd rather not, which will not send up red flags? My husband made a funny TikTok on that subject. Oh, really? Your husband's on TikTok? Oh, we had a TikTok channel for a while. It's no longer active. Okay. You and your husband had a ex-Mormon TikTok? Yeah. Uh, I'll describe it. So he was about to go eat um, some food and then I'm videoing him and I say, Hey, Kevin, will you say the prayer? And he looks up and pauses and he says, okay. And then he bows his head down. And then I, we played Talladega nights. <laughs> that, that scene. Oh dear Lord, baby Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. It was, I just typed in the live stream chat. Uh, if people want to do speed round questions for you or me to tag me, are you willing to answer questions from the chat? Sure. I'm not sure if any, it can be really simple stuff. Like if you don't understand something about Mormonism or it can be anything, just tag us. Are you still scared of hell? 
No, I never was. We were, I'm well, with that's Mormon. right. Yeah, for people who don't know uh, Mormonism. Worst case scenario, I'm going to a place that's like here. Yeah. In Mormonism, hell is basically like a Walmart, and then heaven is like Costco. Or the top heaven, top planet. Uh, celestial kingdom. Or no, not is... Costco, but. <laughs> so do you know what's interesting? The way I understood it, like in, in my, I understood the celestial kingdom as being a place where you can continually progress. And I understood the, like the lower kingdom, hell, being a place where you were stagnant and stuck. And that does seem like hell to me. So I was, I was satisfied with that answer. Is your God-shaped hole bigger the later you leave? So if you're, you left at what age? How old were you when you left Mormonism? Uh, 34, maybe. Do you think if you would have left at 24, it would have been easier? My life would have been way different, right? Well, how old were you when you got married? 20. Oh, wow. I was 22. Any regrets? My husband, my husband, my husband was 22. I guess you can't. I actually that. don't. Yeah. I don't have any regrets. I don't either. I, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I really do feel that. And that's something I couldn't say for a while after I, I kind of went through this atheistic mindset, atheistic right? And I couldn't find any meaning in anything because what does that mean? Right. And then I just, I just let myself mindset. Yes, maybe that's true. Um, but anyway, so if you're, I just let myself, I let myself feel, I let myself, I, I don't place meaning on it. Like I don't go, that means therefore God, I just, but I let myself feel meaning in my life and it's, well, way then better. you're not like me. Cause I, I try not to let myself feel. <laughs> dead inside. I'm dead inside. Isn't Latter-day Saints the preferred term now and Mormon deemed offensive? Yeah, I should be saying Latter-day. Latter-day Saint, you can say if you're like respectful, they allow you to shorten it to that. But are you, like if your Mormon friends were listening right now, would they find it offensive that I'm using the term Mormon all the time? Yeah. They would. Probably. No, it's tough. You probably find a split population within active LDS people. There are some people that are probably annoyed. Don't call us Mormon. Stephanie, especially when like five years ago, they, they said they did the I'm a Mormon campaign. Yeah, exactly. I remember seeing those. Yep. Uh, Stephanie wants to know, are you comfortable or do you call yourself an atheist now? I, I don't usually call myself atheist, but if you want to say that's what I am, I'm okay with that. Does okay. that make sense? I'm not offended if people think I'm an atheist. Except, but except reason, if your family's watching now, they'll be devastated, right? No, this is why I don't. It's because usually atheists also brings a whole other package of ideas that I don't like, like anti-religion. I'm not anti-religious. Is Jordan Peterson an atheist? I'm going to say yes. I agree, right? But he is obviously way different than Sam Harris. Yes. And I definitely fall in the camp of whatever he is. I don't know what you want to call that. Rich Younger asks if uh, your husband's still Mormon. No. Yeah. How about your kids? Well, they actually still participate. They do. At, at the, the weekly weeknight activities. Uh, Happy Armadillo asks if we still go to church. I do not. My, uh, I, I don't even think my wife wants me to go to church because I'm too dangerous. I go when people invite me for stuff. So the last time I went was my neighbor uh, spoke in church on Easter and she asked me to come. So have your kids come up to you and asked you about Mormonism? And and uh, if so, what do you tell them? So my kids were young. So when this all happened, it was during COVID. So at that time, my oldest was 10. Okay. And I, I don't know if they're near whoever asked that is around 10 year olds. They believe what you believe. And so 
they did freak out at first. I remember we were pretty open with them as everything was happening. And so I basically said, I don't know. We don't know what we believe. And I asked them how they were feeling. And I remember my oldest telling me, yeah, I'm scared that we're going to leave. So like they knew that leaving was bad at that point and they were scared. But here's the thing. COVID was beautiful and hard at the same time. Beautiful because nobody was going to church. You know what? I agree with that because I look back to 2020, April 2020, and our, the family time we had was amazing. I mean, we would go for walks every day and talk and because they weren't going to school. And yeah, I actually have great memories from COVID. <laughs> Michael uh, Gerard says, uh, J- Jordan Peterson is not an atheist. And he knows this because he's Jordan's lover. Oh, actually, I have heard rumors. I've heard rumors that he um, <laughs> sorry, Ger- Gerard had like a born again moment or something. But that's a rumor. That's from somebody. From if somebody he is a Christian, somebody. he's a flag waving phony. How we'll say that he doesn't go to church every week. Yeah. You know, he he talks about. He says, oh, "I act like I believe in God." I'm like, "You don't act like you believe in God. If you acted like you believed in God, you'd be part of some kind of congregation, and you're not." What are your markers mm-hmm. to come back to Latter Day Saints? Oh, gold plates would do it. What do you mean gold plates? Like you would have to Moroni. Yeah, Moroni, bring back the gold plates and have some. What if someone just made some gold plates and put some ancient Hebrew or Egyptian script on it and said? I would have to. It would have to check out with scientists. Sure. With the scientists. Ar- archaeological evidence of the Book of Mormon would be pretty good. I'll take that. Yeah, for me, I I think I would have a higher bar than that. I think they would have to pray in the name of Moroni for something to light up on fire. Why would that convince you? Because it breaks the laws of nature through incantation. To me, that's pretty yeah, powerful. But, but yes, but somebody could be doing it in some other power, and they just say Moroni. Why would that mean Mormonism? Mormonism. That's true, true. That's true. But we could see if it's repeatable, at least you know, once every three months. It would at least shatter my view of um, naturalism. My next door, uh, Rich Younger asks. My next door neighbors are Latter Day Saints. We don't say Mormon here, Rich Younger Nine. What can I say to them that will make them to start to doubt? Nothing. Oh, you're pessimistic. You have to decide yourself. Like, that's the only reason I, my husband and I are where we're at is because we actually were curious. They, they have to be curious. There's nothing you can say to them. Let me try, Rich Younger Nine. What you ask them <laughs> is, so you're, you're, your neighbors are Mormon. You see your neighbors walking their dog. Uh, you ask them, um, hey, beautiful weather we're having today, right? And they say, yeah. They say, I'm just curious. Uh, you're Latter-day Saints, right? Yeah, 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 we are. Um, what would it take for you to change your mind have them answer the question for you well sure you could se them but that doesn't make people leave no it doesn't but it gets them to think well what the markers are in their life didn't he just ask what you could do to make them leave yeah but i'm i'm saying that you can um sure you could do that get them to give you the answer what would get them to leave and then so when they give you an answer uh then ask them well how would you test that how would you test that that um this is true or false whatever the marker is i know he needs to tell them that he'd like to talk to the missionaries and then se while the missionaries are doing their discussions (laughs) just kidding that's mean missionaries already have it hard enough leave them alone they're nice boys and girls i think just the fact that we're all products of the enlightenment here in the u.s that it's really hard to stay mormon if you actually think i have a question yeah do you think it's easier to get along across a religious divide or a political divide? 
like when someone's really, really one thing or the other. So if you have like a really hardcore in today's atheist, environment, religious divide, and really, and really, because Christians love and, me, they really do. They, you mean? Did you mean to say political just then? No, I. I it's easier to get along with the religious divide. Ah, yes, yeah. I think I agree. <clears throat> the fact that whenever I talk about politics, that people can love me so much when I talk about religion and then hate me so much when I talk about politics, it, that, that speaks volumes. It's like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, especially in the SE community, right? Because aren't we supposed to be no, able no, to No, like... no, the SE people are good. I have no... Oh, I, I seriously, so who are these people I, that you're talking about? I, I thought SE people are the ones no, that were no, following no. you. I have so many liberal friends, left-leaning friends in the SE community, and they have they like me. They have no problem with me. They, we just we value things a little differently. We see the world a little differently. But it's um, yeah, it's the non-SE atheists who lean left. That they just it's like how can Doug be so rational when it comes to religion? And he's just full of crap when it comes to politics. Like it, it boggles my mind how people don't understand that. Number one, the obvious fact, people are raised differently and th therefore have different values and they see the world differently. And that politics is, is not... Personalities too, I think. Yeah, personality types. And that politics is not so much about facts. It's about values, like small government. Like You can't say that's wrong. It's just because in itself, depending on what goals you have or what the status is, it's just a preference. It's like saying it's wrong to like chocolate ice cream. No, I just like chocolate ice cream. Have you ever been to Encore in Vegas? No. Have you ever been to Vegas? Of course. What hotels have you stayed? It's a Mormon hub, you know. Really? They're getting a new temple. Oh, I, I got a question. Whenever I see a Mormon temple outside of Utah, does the little... Is it Moroni on the top? Some of them have Moroni, yeah. They're always pointing with a magnifying glass. Are they always it's pointing to? Are they pointing to Salt Lake City? I really don't know. Can is there a Mormon in here? Oh, sorry, a Latter Day Saint person in here can confirm or deny that? Because I think it does. Because there's a, a church in my town, a Mormon temple, and I'm looking at it, and I'm, it's, I'm looking where it's pointing, and, and it's, it's not northeast, west. It's pointing. It, it's pointing north. Is it straight for the building? Does Northeast. it seem straight for the building? Or does it seem no, off? No, the it's, way it's off the to building? the building. It's not feng okay. shui So it is pointing all. to something. Yeah, it's pointing. I'm sure to there's some symbolism there. I'd, yeah, um, I'm quite I sure. I think I've heard that, that it, they point towards Salt Lake City, but I don't know that that's, under, that's just not something I... Travis says uh, that I'm not a true conservative. He doesn't even like Trump. There's a lot of conservatives who don't like Trump. So you can be conservative. <laughs> Yeah. Why don't you like Trump? Because uh, he's a jackass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thing is, though, I can't say I dislike him any more than Biden. I like him better than Biden. I'm willing to say that. So you would vote for Trump over Biden? Yeah, if they're the only two choices. I, I voted libertarian. There was a gun to my so head. You had to pick. Yeah. Is that what you would be? Would you vote for Trump if there, you had to vote well, for one of them? Well, I've been asked that question, I think, a couple of times, and I've always answered Biden. But Biden, I think, is going senile. Why, why Biden and not Trump? I just can't get over how much I hate Trump. I do think that the office of the presidency should have some integrity. And 
not to say Biden's, you know, a, a perfect person. Right, but, that's where... But, like, would I want my son to be like Trump? No, I want my son to be the opposite of Trump. But the cabinet and the administration and the legislature and the judiciary, I love the U.S. Constitution as a Canadian. I think it's a, an amazing constitution. And I, I really think then it boils down to the character of the presidency getting things done which trump actually can do but the character flaws in trump are just they outweigh it but the thing is there's so much i hate about like i'm all for free speech i'm all for and i know trump hates free speech in some areas but the people who vote who how do i say this the people who who hate elon musk who hate this idea of misinformation because we know what the truth is and this is misinformation and so we need to squash things they tend to vote more democrat so that would be like the why i wouldn't vote for biden because i am all for misinformation because it might not be misinformation and i'm even for misinformation because if someone believes the earth is flat the best way to talk to them is to talk to them i mean you just don't silence them and shut them up now that just fuels the flame, right? Yeah. So I I I, I, I disagree with people who think that, that there's some conversations that should never ever be had. Like if you especially if you have relationships with people. Like if you have a family member who votes opposite to you politically, like you have two choices. You can ignore them or talk to them. Mm-hmm. And um and learn from each other. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the which, yeah, which which is would be harder, a mixed faith marriage or a mixed political marriage? To, in today's assuming environment, assuming you both, to, in, in assuming you both cared about the thing that you. Yeah, in today's environment, I think a mixed political marriage would be harder than a mixed religious. No question, uh, yeah. that it's harder. If my wife ate granola, and hugged trees, and wore sandals. And had short hair with that was colored blue. I would have. I would really struggle. I have a question for you. Where do you get knowledge? Where Where's your go to place to get knowledge? Oh, that's a great question. I, I I'm a true believer that in a way to figure out what is true, you have to look at different biases, different uh, geographical regions, different cultures, and if they all converge to the same conclusion, given those biases. I'm not talking about science right now. I'm just talking about in general. Then you can have higher confidence that that it's true. So in other words, if MSNBC and Fox News actually both agree on something, on some news thing, you can raise your confidence that it's probably true because they hate each other. That was a very wise answer, Doug. I've had time to think. So, <laughs> so where do people, where do you go for wisdom? My dad still. I reflect internally. <laughs> Sorry, that was so egotistical. Um, I I have some friends. I keep my friends low, but uh, it reads here in the here in the live stream chat. If I was to, if I needed advice, I would trust Reed with his answer. My wife, of course. My wife is very wise. Uh, I would trust my sisters. So immediate family. And very, very, very. You're talking friends. about you're talking about people that you trust. That's different than like developing wisdom. How does a how do you develop wisdom? Like how by being like obviously old. so experienced. Do you yeah. think all old people are wise? No, no. But 
um, like just think about driving. I'm teaching my my daughter to drive right now, and just think about how much an advantage someone who's driven around for 20 years in cities and all over the place, how much an advantage they have in driving than let's say someone who's 16. Like they've experienced near close call deaths. They've experienced people running red lights. They've experienced all the different traffic lights. And so when they see something, it's not new to them. They know how to react to what's the wise decision to make in that scenario. And I think a lot of times it's just, you have to be willing to learn from your failures in order to become wise. Another wise statement. Wow. You're full of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can't learn how to drive without driving a car though, right? Right. Or a truck. Like you can read as you can read as many books as you want. You would never be able to actually drive. So there's like different kinds of ways of knowing how to do something. You have to practice. Oh, I know right? where this is going. Yep. So that's, that's my case for religion is that I think you get wisdom from religion. Like I think if you're doing it right, I think there's wrong ways to do it. I think there's dogmatic ways to do it, but I know people that are very wise that are religious and not religious. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to be religious to be wise. Um, so when I interviewed John Verveke, I'd have to go look up the study that he was referring to. Um, but he, he, they did a study and found that you were more like, I can't remember what the metric of wisdom was, but let's just say, uh, I don't want to mess up what he said, but it was, I know that religious people did better on the wisdom test, whatever it was, however they defined it. Religious people did better than secular people. However, it didn't matter which religion you were in. So, well, Kate, when I hear that, Mm -hmm. I can understand why the results would be that way. You know why? Because on average, non-religious people are younger than religious people. And non it, and younger people are less wise than older people because of lack of experience. So that the results of that makes sense, but it can explain very easily. So that's so funny that you said that because like the whole thing that politically is like we want to get these like old white men out of power. <laughs> What if they're the wise ones? Granted, politics, you're not getting your wise people. You're getting your smooth talkers and probably liars. I am very, I'm fairly cynical when it comes to politicians. However, the people who vote for them, um, some of them know them well for many years. And because they have seen them talk face to face and when they come visit, whatever, they're in their district, they're, if they're a congressperson. I do think that you have to put some value on the people's choice and in saying that this person is wise. Now, when it comes to what's her name, AOC, what's her name? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah. Like in her situation, it's probably just because she's pretty and not wise. Huh. And with Trump, it was because he had a TV show and was popular. And he was willing to step on sacred cows too. Yeah, that's true. In fact, uh, David Chappelle's Saturday Night Live monologue. Did you see it? Yeah. He I remember he, liking it. I don't really remember what it was about, though. He explained, I think, perfectly why Trump won and why he still might win in the future is because he's he phrased it as an honest liar. 
like when mm. was it the um moderator or hillary asked him trump about um taxation and how trump uses loopholes to get out of paying high taxes and trump just said that's because i'm smart i'm not going to apologize for using tax loopholes I'm using the system to my benefit because I'm smart. And the reason why people like Hillary don't change the tax code when the Democrats were in power, when, you know, in certain situations is because their friends are also rich and they don't want those to go away. But at least I'm admitting it. And that statement alone endeared millions of people towards Trump because they say, I disagree with Trump here, but at least he's telling the truth. Like he's admitting that the system is rigged and he's using it to his advantage. But he does lie a lot, right? I am very, I will say, well, it depends what you mean by a lot, but it is so difficult to prove liars because you almost have to get in their soul, right? Right. So his lies were, basically, if he was saying anything about himself, those are the times he could be like, yeah, uh, let's not believe that. <laughs> like when people are trying to make themselves look good, yeah, they're probably yeah. lying. But right. there's so many times where, Someone can tell a half-truth. Now, is that a lie? Or someone can give an incomplete answer. Is that a lie? Or someone can just be stupid or misinformed. Is that a lie? Mm -hmm. Like, it's really hard, unless you're omniscient, to say, this person actually knows the truth. It hasn't had a brain fart, is not misinformed, and is purposely mistruthen. Like... Right. They are saying something that diverts from what they think reality is. Yeah. Right. I think it's uh that's, that's, I really like, that's a Jordan Peterson saying that I really like. He says, tell the truth or at least don't lie. Cause the truth is actually hard. Right. So it's telling people to tell the truth. That's actually really hard because we don't know what the truth is, but we can at least not lie. You just said, we don't know what the truth is. Do you think there's some truths that, do you think all truths are unknowable or? Well, it's like you said, when I'm willing to get on board is when more people agree with it, then I can say those are more solid. But even, heck, even you get into science stuff and the theory of relativity blew Newton stuff out of the water, right? So, it, I mean, it's true. It's still, it's not. Why do you think you lean conservative? Uh, I think it's my personality. And what's your personality? I'm very careful. I don't take a lot of risks. I'm just, I, I like to... I like to, if, if something's well known, then I'm, and it's safe, then I'm willing, I'll, I'll go out and take this step. I'm very cautious. See, but that can also be used to say that you should be liberal because, Why is that? because one could say, I am very cautious. I don't like risk. So therefore I'm going to double mask, stay in my home because I don't want to spread COVID. Whereas a conservative, which we saw. I was different risk though. Like I was worried more about shutting the economy down and starving to death than I was about getting COVID. Yeah. So then really it's more about different values. Um, what am I more scared of? Yeah. What am I yeah. More... Exactly. Yeah. It's what are you more scared of? Are you more scared of giving COVID to someone? Or are you more scared of, of the bigger meta picture of, of what the consequences of shutting down the economy and all that? Yeah, I think the reason that I'm conservative also is I think uh, my dad convinced me when I was young that it was the right answer. But it's funny, I've moved. I used to think conservatives were right, 
and liberals were evil. And now I realize that it's just a different perspective and it's actually important to have both. I, I, I like, really like Jonathan Haidt. Yeah. And so in that way I've moved. Yeah, even and I've also moved on to some social issues. It, so for people who still believe that that the opposite political party that you believe in, and it's stupid that there's only two political main political parties in the United States. It's really stupid. But anyhow, yeah. why can't we be more like Canada? It'd be nice. Yeah, like like, Canadians. Like there's no way that oh, a, a person's representative just by two categories, one of two categories. Um, but there's an evolutionary reason why. If you're a liberal, you should value conservatives. And if you're a conservative, you should value liberals. And that is the simple example of why psychopaths exist. Like there's, why haven't they been selected out from the gene pool? And it's mm. because there is benefits to being a psychopath for the community. Or having, because then you're always on watch for them. Is that why? No, no. It's because they're dispassionate. Sometimes the best the, the easiest and best way to make decisions is to strip all emotion out of the process. Some of the best judges, politicians, CEOs are psychopaths because they can make decisions not based on feelings, emotions. Oh, this is interesting. Because anytime you think of a psychopath, you're thinking of a murderer, right? right but not but all not psychopaths true. are murderers. Just m most murderers are psychopaths. Though. Yeah, yeah. Most psychopaths are not violent. And so you can We just have such a negative connotation with that. But but the point the point is that if that I just had to clear that up even, for myself. I was thinking out loud. Yeah, okay. No matter how abhorrent you might think the other side is, remember that evolution didn't deselect psychopaths from the gene pool. Mm -hmm. And so that should give you some comfort or hope that, that even if you're a liberal and you think conservatives are all evil, that they actually might be beneficial to the community and society because psychopaths are. Right. right. Stephanie McGuire asked, if I missed her talking about this, sorry, but does she still believe that humans have spiritual nature as well as physical? Yes. I'm just going to confuse her. No. No, okay. You had me scared there for a second. Yeah, both Marty and I don't believe the spirit exists. Yeah, pretty pretty skeptical of that stuff. Stephanie, I think my bar's lower than Pine Creek's though, on Ben Doug's. Yeah, you need to raise your bar. Keep your standards high. Mm -hmm. Don't lower them for Moroni. The gold plates. That or was the gold thing. plates. Yeah, but yeah, Stephanie, both uh, Marty and I believe that we are all moist robots. Are well, I would say I'm agnostic. As far as do you believe uh, that we're determined or that we have this this mystery I, like free will? I switch back and forth. Whenever I think about it, I go back and forth and back and forth. Like I can understand both sides of it, and I just I'm like, I, I really am like sincerely agnostic on that. Like I can I can think of some comprehend something that would um, like it's beyond our comprehension to understand, right? Like you know how sometimes you ask the wrong question and the answers around but you're asking the wrong question so you'll never get to the answer i think that's one of those <laughs> was marty an atheist when she talked to nathan a month or two back or is it recent my, yeah you were right yeah you were fully out then yeah my boobs, my yeah. beliefs haven't changed since then no nathan did not deconvert me <laughs> hillary's emails ask the person who begs to be a mod who uh, turns me off every time he or she does why not just be a deist, Pine Creek? Question for the guest. Why not just be a deist, Marty? I'm not really sure what that does for anyone. Like, I guess I probably am. Like, am I, 
I believe in God probably as much as Einstein, right? Didn't he say he wasn't theist? I'll be brilliant like him. Yeah, sure. I'm a theist. There you go, Hillary. Like, I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know Do that you, would. What... Why not just believe in a creator God that let the the clock run, the ball roll down the hill, and then is impersonal. It could be like could be an alien. I don't know. Here's the correct answer because there's no reason to believe that. Yeah. How does that change how you act in your life? Yeah, and that's another good point. It doesn't change anything practically. The, well, the only thing that might change is that you might have explanation why there's something rather than nothing. You just you just take that question and you shift it because the deist God wanted it. But you still, well, mm -hmm. why did the deist God want it and why does it exist? Why is there a deist God rather than no deist God? You just move the question one to the right. You know, like, right, like there could be, I've, I've had this thought. I'm sure a lot of, everybody's probably had this thought, but it's like, if there was a creator, like if I were able to create something on like a computer program and some somehow they're like self-aware in that computer and I'm completely unaware of them, what does it matter if there was a creator if he's unaware of like, you know? Yeah, if, does that make sense? if he's hidden, right. Yeah. Uh, Rich Younger 9 is uh, questioning you. He thinks you might, you don't know the difference between agnostic and atheist. You can play the semantic. You tell me the definition, then, like I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I think those are stupid you're, you're, conversations. You're on the wrong channel. It's um, <laughs> you're looking for Steve McRae's channel right now. I don't know. There. Why do you think men? There's more Muslim men than women, but in Christianity, there's more Christian women than men. Did you know that? Say that one more time. There's more Muslim men in Islam than women. But there's more women Christians than men. I think that's true. Really? Yeah. There's more men than women? No, there's more that's... Muslim men than there's Muslim women. But that doesn't make any sense to me. But there's more Christian women than Christian men. Like with their don't they practice polygamy? Who and the Muslims? Yeah. Only if you're wealthy that... and it's limited to three and very few do it, I think. Okay. I actually talked to a Muslim that had three wives and I went into great detail with him saying like, how do you handle coitus? Like, and he basically said, there's a schedule A schedule. Yeah. So if you were, his, if you were his wife, he would pencil you in for Wednesday. Well, actually that's poker night. So Thursday, how do they get along? Oh, and yeah, they don't like each other. You have a hierarchy. This is wife. Number one, wife, number two, wife, number three. Hmm. And so wife, number one can boss wife, number two and three around. Saying, hey, I'm the first and the best. When it comes to whether what type of dishwasher we buy, it's I get to say, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, you know that ha you know that had to be going on with early Mormonism or in the breakoffs today, right? Like, yeah, it was uh, that was something that was really hard like, going through the church history. And one thing, it's it's bad enough to learn that all the jokes about Joseph Smith being a polygamist were right. Because I guess in my head, I didn't realize, I didn't even realize Joseph Smith was a polygamist. Like I, I didn't even, I did not they even hit know that. that from I knew, you? I knew about polygamy. I knew Joseph, I knew Brigham Young was a polygamist. They didn't hide it. They just told me all about Emma, his wife and nothing about any of the other wives. <laughs> like as a, yeah. as a, a, as a secularist, are you against polygamy? Um, I don't, I'm pretty traditional. I'm going to go back to like that conservative part of me says that 
you know, uh, monogamy is probably wise. It works. Right. And, it might and, it might be the wise choice, but there's probably situations where polygamy can and does work well. And that it might aid into the uh, maximum benefit for all involved. Like how? Well, I'm thinking about poor countries where uh, a man can support, can afford to support more than one wife. And so he has three. And they now have food, shelter, and clothing. And in family situations, think about all the times where you're stressed with your kids. Can you imagine if there was another woman to help you? Yeah, but what about all the guys that are single out there? Well, I guess you're talking about a societal level, right? Yeah, well, the, they must not be good looking enough. That's all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any moral qualms of like the adults are doing it, and there's not like underage marrying and like manipulation going on, right? Infant relocation as Coke or Pepsi? For me, it's Coke, no question. Neither, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. I, I've never liked Dr. Pepper. That's like, I don't drink a lot of pop, but that's the one I'll go for. Actually, my favorite soda is red cream soda. They don't have it anywhere, though. Travis, your question, I'm quite sure Marty will answer the same way as me. Yes, it's possible all gods were written by humans. That's, uh, yeah. What did he say? Ask her if it's possible that all gods written by humans are made up by humans. All other questions are scientific in nature. Of course, it's possible. I don't understand. Not only so that, he's basically saying gods are... We've created gods in our own image, not the other way around. Oh, right. Definitely. What are mainstream conservative opinions that Marty disagrees with? Asked Noah. Mainstream conservative? Yeah. Is there any mainstream conservative I'm, opinions? I'm okay with, I'm okay with, well, I'm pretty libertarian, right? So that's gonna, that's its own kind of conservative. Like be specific, like, um. I'm okay with gay marriage. I'm okay with two dads and two moms. You know, I saw an interesting uh, meme the other day about you mentioned two dads and two moms. I'm okay with it too, but this meme... Only because Dave Rubin did it though. This meme actually got me to think about um, the hypocrisy. Like if if I was to say a big publicly traded company should have 50% males and 50% females on the board. My guess is that a lot of people leaning left would applaud that. Yep. But now watch this. A family should have parents that are 50% male and 50% female. That's funny. Yeah, you see what happened there? If you ask a left-leaning liberal, why should a publicly traded company have 50% males and 50% females on the board? They'll answer because you'll have a diversity of thought and ideas, experience, whatever. Lived experience. Mm -hmm. Well, shouldn't parents be that way? So the kids can have a diversity of thought? Lived experience. I have a counter to that, though. Okay, what's your counter? Uh, generally, I think people, when they are coupling together, are probably complementing each other. I'm I mean, going to answer Noah's question as well. Uh, what are mainstream conservative opinions that Marty that I disagree with? Um, I think most conservatives would be against most. I'd be for most uh, that drugs should be banned. Most drugs should be banned. I think most drugs should be legal. If people want to kill themselves, they should have that right. If people want to be stupid and take cocaine and get addicted, of course for adults, but then again, some 25-year-olds are not. Here's adults. a hot topic that's been, what about um, assisted suicide for mental illness? You added in for mental illness in there, that which makes it very interesting. Isn't that the hot topic right now? Isn't that, maybe, maybe it's not. 
It was just something I thought of. But I thought that was going on in Canada or something. Well, I'm for assisted suicide in general. And so I think I would be a hypocrite to say with an exception for mental illness. But maybe I'm wrong about that. Because can a mentally ill person make that type of decision? But if they're in pain, if they're ill, who are we to say that they should not? So this is where we diverge, I think. Oh, good. I think this is where I feel like a purely uh, rationalistic, materialistic kind of, this This is where it takes you, and I, I can't go there. It depends on the level of mental illness. Like if you're so mentally ill that you can't even know that. I, I'm even further back on even assisted suicide. Oh, really? Okay, let's talk about yeah. that then. So my sister, you know the situation with my sister, right? Okay, okay, okay. Hold it, hold it. I'm going to make an exception here. I'm talking about like a healthy someone, someone... I, I watched um, I watched a documentary because in Canada you can't do assisted suicide if I'm or is it no, Washington no, it's, state of Wash it's the state of Washington that this was at in I think I want to say it was Washington it was some vice thing and they followed this guy through the last days of his life and he seemed like a pretty healthy guy healthier than even my dad like he wasn't suffering and he decided that he wanted to go before things got bad and okay. then he committed. And then, but he was so healthy. He was, a, he was healthy and he just was probably, I don't know. I don't think he was even in his 80s. I think he was like in his 70s. Okay, but here's a and, situation where if someone is healthy and has, meaning that, like if you're healthy, you have some quality of life, right? And if you still want to commit suicide as a healthy person, that tells me that you're not healthy, really. Because if you're not in any type of physical or emotional pain. I'll have pain, to go find it. That, it. The way they spun this is just like, yep, I'm ready to check out. And they made it seem he didn't, I don't think he had any mental illness. It's just something he decided to do. And then he went with it and the government helped him do it. But to me, that's still crazy because like, or the, not even the like government. evolutionary was, wise, we are pre-programmed to survive, to want to survive. Unless we're in so much pain and agony that the choice of being dead is better than the choice to being alive. So if someone has no illnesses physically and still wants to commit suicide, that tells me they're either lonely or they're completely nihilistic and have no purpose, hope, or meaning. But I still think I that I... if someone wants to die, so what harm is really being done if they freely in quotes we have all kinds of safety nets for people and it seems like protecting them from themselves is just another safety well net. the thing know. is they can always kill themselves unassisted right like that option is always open and so and people do it yeah so but when it comes to assisted suicide i do believe that there should be Don't you think the number of suicides would go up if if it was for well for one if it was done for you you don't have to pull the trigger and two there'd be more of them if because no. obviously if, for the if your medical professional is okaying it it almost gives you a degree of like you're that that's okay like where we kind of morally have a hard time with taking your own life all of a sudden you get a green light from society and you're there, there's going to be more for healthy people yeah um, i probably I, I would assume so i question that like if someone's content and healthy in life what's the reason to commit suicide like there has to be a reason because i think the guy 
to collect on and insurance. I don't know. I think see, this is the weird thing about us humans. We are not really meant to live past the age of 40 or 50. We really aren't. Hmm. Like evolutionary wise, we are predestined in a way to have offspring, get them to the level where they're independent on their own and then die. It's because of medical science that we live to 70, 80, 90 years old now. But that's very rare. Only in the last 100 years has that really happened for the majority of people. And so, in my opinion, if you're over 40, you should be dead. But because of science, we, can, we have a bonus. We have like, you know, in arcade games, it's the, the bonus round. And you should be thankful for that. But really, this is the bonus round we're in right now. Well, for me, you're not over 40, right? Not yet. Oh, it's getting close. So that's weird. Yeah. Hmm. But evolutionarily yeah, speaking, I, I have... you should live long enough to get your kids independent, and then you should drop dead. Yeah, I can't say I have like a super solid, good, rational case for why I think what I think. It's it's intuitive that that feels wrong. Oh, what question mark? Asks an interesting question. Should we allow people with body dysmorphia? Should we allow them to cut off their legs? I say no, but it's for a completely different reason. Because if they cut off their legs, then society actually has to help them and take care of them, and they become a burden to society. But if someone kills themselves completely, they're no longer a burden to society. To society. I don't know. I think, I think when you like make that legal, I mean, especially when some medical professional do it and they have their oath, right? Do no harm. That just seems so backwards. Well, doing no harm can actually mean preventing harm. So by killing someone, you're preventing harm if they have terminal cancer, for example. Hmm. I know that like, I don't know, you get to the end of life stuff. And that's, that's, I mean, what do you do on the farm, right? Like, <laughs> you don't let the animals suffer. So I, that it's, that's messed up. Like, I don't know well, I've the told, right answer there. I've told my wife and kids that if I get terminal cancer, and my prognosis is like 0.5% chance of living, in other words, basically zero, then I'd rather go out with dignity than take chemotherapy, extend my life another month or two. No, mm -hmm. I'm out. I'm done. You're going to die with your boots on. I'm going to die with my boots on, laced up. I'm going to, my last dying breath will be me taking my bootstraps and pulling them up. Bacon started getting, Pine Creek, is belief in gender, men can become women, sex is a spectrum, etc., a non-theistic religion. Oh, I think I know what he's asking. I'll say yes. Do you think this whole gender thing is a religion? What's fascinating to me is that you have like feminine traits and masculine traits. We all recognize that. And because majority of women have the one and men, then we've kind of created the, the gender norms. And what's fascinating, I would say the more progressive idea, at least when I was younger, it was like women stay home, men, you know, support your family that that i mean that gender those gender norms were like super there but now instead of like well i feel inclined to do engineering and yeah. i like boy things and so now i am a man like yeah. no i am See, a woman that likes you are to, i you know so it doesn't they've skipped a step and i don't so I'm trying to decide if that it means it's a religion, though. Okay, I'm going to say something, and I don't mean it to offend you at all. But you're Thanks. a very masculine female. 
Yes. I, well, I, I like hanging out with guys. <laughs> yeah. You, you're an engineer. This happens. You're an engineer. My husband and I will go to social settings and you know how people kind of gravitate to their little circles and they start talking about stuff. And I'll look up and realize I'm with the guys talking yeah. about the, what the guys are talking about. I'm not by the women. Right. I have to force myself to go over and talk to the women. You're, so, you're an engineer. Yeah. You lean a libertarian, which is a lot of risk taking. Uh, you are a masculine female who's still a woman. Yeah. Yeah. How did your kids take how they've, if I, last time I listened, your kids don't really participate with your wife, right? Or do they? What do you mean participate? At church. Oh, no, no. Yeah. They don't go to church. How long has that been? I mean, sure. I'm sure like when you first left, they kept going with her. Like when did they <laughs> decide that for themselves? And how did your wife take that? My daughter who's the oldest went to church with us during Easter and saw the bloody Jesus on either a statue or a slight a, a PowerPoint presentation, whatever, and says, I'm out. She was Wait, out. Say that? Oh, she wow. saw a bloody Jesus up on the screen and said, what is this vile nonsense? She, you know, as a 10 year old, her version of that says, I'm out. Huh? And, um, so my kids hate church hmm. and which and what's weird is i've actually encouraged my kids to go to church as an atheist why is that how how is my daughter gonna find a boy no seriously <laughs> like i i don't want my my daughter to be single and lonely for the rest of her life i want her to find a good man oh even christians meet on dating websites uh, what, I, what's wrong with that can you really know someone from a a website like no that's just how you find each other like i tried to i have a friend named reed who's quite a bit older than my daughter and i said you know my daughter's available <laughs> but um as long as the dowry is good enough i'll sell her but um is she a 10 cow wife a what eight cow wife eight cow wife no my daughter is a 12 cow mm -hmm. wife it's a mormon joke yeah. johnny lingo and I mean, these cows have to have their udders full of milk. That's how valuable my daughter is to me. But um, but how does how does a a young person today find someone in real life, what not just school? Tinder or whatever? What about college? Well, that's the thing. My daughter is not built for university. She might go to a community college someday, but she might meet someone at a community she's college. A little she bit don't dyslexic. want her marrying someone that's gonna. Going well, do you have sons? <laughs> Let's do a prearranged thing here tonight. You have sons? Yeah. How old's your oldest? Eight. Oh, that won't work. <laughs> I'm actually. I'm trying to think. I'm actually I'm for prearranged marriages. I'm trying to think of anybody I know that is a young adult. Um, I don't know. Can't think of anyone. Like, do you worry about that with your kids? Now that you're not in a church, how are your kids going to find a spouse? Yeah, I'm kind of worried about it. Um, I'm just thinking college. Like I'm starting to believe, <laughs> and maybe you can convince me otherwise, that my son should get married young. Like I'm starting. But not your daughter? Well, yeah, both my son and my daughter. But when I say young, I mean either get married at the age of 20 and commit or get made get married at age 30 35 and commit but the, that in your 20s in that area 
it can be hell. You're going to, it's going to depend on who you talk to. So if you talk to me, I'd probably agree with you, but my husband would not. Uh, I think it depends on the personality. Some people need to fill their oats a little. That's true. But both my kids are very mature. And they resent when they, and they resent if they get pressured into like getting married, then they resent it later. Like my, And then it might doom the marriage too. Like my kids at, my daughter's 19 and my daughter and even my son is 16. They're probably the same maturity level as like a 20 year, 28 year old liberal. Yeah. I felt like I was like that too. <laughs> the liberals are so mad at me right now. No, it's funny. Uh, yeah. I didn't think I was going to ever get married. How'd you meet your husband? Engineering classes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I got to pick from the cream of the crop. <laughs> oh, yeah. How many females were in your engineering classes on average? Three? Mm -hmm. Like percent percentage-wise? Like what the classes were, 20? Yeah, like, it would be, it, yeah, it would be less than 10%. So there's like two or three. So you basically mm -hmm. could just pick any guy you wanted and you'd be successful. Yeah, but whether they pick me, right? It's oh come a on! Story. No, no, no. This was not you. I had to ask my husband out first. He didn't. Well, that, that's because he's an engineering nerdy. geek. That's why. He was. He was trying to find it. He was shy, right? No, not really. No. But if you're, I, I really, I really scored big. Got I've seen your husband. He, he's, he's a very good-looking man. Yeah, he's athletic and he's smart and he's awesome. Like, you know how women complain about their husbands not doing shit? Mm, I don't, because he does stuff. Like, I don't know. He's pretty awesome. I really did. I won big. What's the but, What's the most? Any successful? Any? What do you like most about your husband? Really, really good. What do I like most about him? Yeah. What's the one so, trait he what, has that you value the most? Value now or value when I first met him? Well, I'm assuming they're the same. Not really, because I've learned things about him. <laughs> okay good things okay yeah that could so go like when i way. the things that attracted me to him was that he was tall <laughs> oh come on <laughs> don't be and vain that, and that <laughs> he was tall and that he he was i liked his person so he did this thing in our uh, physics class we had these little generators that we were winding up and then and then you they were they had a charge and so we'd, i think we were playing with like light bulbs or something and he stuck it on his tongue so like we're talking like elementary grade type shenanigans and uh. i just thought it was i just thought it was funny like he has that kind of um like another thing he did i wasn't around with this one but he some girl dared him to eat a bug for like five dollars and it was like one of these really gross it looked like a mosquito but a giant mosquito bug Mm -hmm. And he did it. He ate it. And that impressed not you. Enough. Not enough. No, no, that wasn't me. But that kind of behavior is his personality. He's okay. just kind of, he's just, and so I was, I was attracted to that well, fun pers personality. Yeah, women, t I think, tend to be attracted to men who can make them laugh, right? Yeah. I was going to ask you questions about your, your marriage. How has that been? So um, we have a friend who... Kind of was in the same, he describes being in the same boat as I was in. So it wasn't even like a, I'm anti-Mormon now. It's just like a, I don't believe anymore. Like that's kind of my first, <clears throat> when I talked to my husband the first time, I basically said something along the lines of like, I'm not sure I know anymore. I don't know. I, like, I don't think that's a good way to know things. 
just to pray and get an answer because I wouldn't know if it was from me or from God, right? Right. So we ended up on the same page, but we have a friend that was about that level. He was honest with his wife, and he is now divorced. His wife yeah. divorced him, and she's already remarried. She found her priesthood holder, and she's already remarried. Now, obviously, we only know one half of the of the story, right? And this is his side. So maybe there is some more information from her side, but I, I, he's a really cool guy. Like, I really doubt it. He's, he's a nice, nice guy. Like, and he was willing to participate, do all the things. He just didn't believe it. That was it. At least that's what he says. So anyways, so there's that. Or then there's other people that do manage to do mixed faith marriage, but it does fascinate me, like how that dynamic works. Do you just not talk about it? Yeah, we don't talk about it that much, but my wife and I share very similar cons conservative beliefs. She's a conservative. So like you said earlier, that almost in today's society seems more important than religion. And plus, you just don't give up shared experiences of, of I've known my wife for, like even when I became an atheist, my wife and I knew each other for 20 years, had kids together. You just don't give that up on a dime. Like, and I believe love is a choice, not a feeling. And so I choose to commit to her, even if we disagree on some of the biggest questions in life. And she chooses to commit to me. My wife is very rational. Um, and so she just, even if she thinks I'm going to hell or leading my kids to hell, she puts her trust in God that things will work out. And um, Does she have someone that she can talk to that, like, I guess, how does she, she do? Like, you were asking my parents, how did they do? Like, were they sad? Like, how did your wife do? Oh, she cried probably for a year. Especially with your kids being on the same page as you now. Yeah. She cried for about a year. Um, but she has her church women's groups. She's on the worship team there. Uh, she has community. And at first that bothered me in a way because I thought they're just gossiping about me. Oh, here's this beautiful Christian woman who has this evil atheist husband who must abuse her or whatever. Um, so I had these paranoid thoughts at first, but I think now she knows that I would give my life for her. I have her back. And just because she's a Christian, I'm an atheist, nothing's changed. How long do you think it took you to get to that point where like you, it sounds like you're a good place now, both of you. Yeah. But year, two years? First year, been gradual. first year was tough. Um, second year was still not that great. I'd say at least by year four, we understood each other. And the thing is, because I'm a big believer that loves a choice and not a feeling, um, because we don't believe the, the same way on the deepest questions of life, um, and some of the things that I might even desire to talk about, or not talk about with my spouse. I choose to love her. I choose to be um, faithful to her. I choose to be a good father and a good husband. So 
once you make that choice and say you're not going to waver unless something drastic happens, things get better on, on their own, which is part of the reason why I think that it sometimes is okay for really young people to get married really young if they are mature relative to their peers and they choose to be committed and not just say, oh, I don't feel I love you today. And so, or even I don't love you this week. Like that nonsense has to go away. That sounds like the same sentiment that uh, one of the church leaders gave when I was growing up. And it was something along the lines of, don't worry about so much who you're going to marry. Like, just make sure that you are, um, make sure that you are both faithful Latter-day Saints and it'll all work itself out. Right. And I understand it's not the exact same thing. But, but there's truth to I that, feel like right? The, the sentiment is still there. Like if you, you're right. If you are choosing each other and you're both, um, oh man, I, 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 I think like I, a, I, a week, I this is the truth. A week before I got married, like you don't believe in soulmates basically. No, right? no, that's garbage. But, but you, cause right. I don't believe in souls, but, um, a week before I got married to my wife, I looked her in the eyes and I said, think about all the strengths I have and now reduce it by 10% or 20% and think about all the weaknesses I have and increase it by 10% or 20%. Now ask yourself, do you still want to marry me? And if the answer is yes, let's do this. If no, let's stop this. And she said, let's do this. Okay, quick question. You said that you got to the point where you understood each other. What do you mean? Like, what did you understand about her and what does she understand about you? I would say what I, I can't speak for her directly. What do you, yeah, what do you speculate that she understands about you? What she understands about me is that I can't force myself to believe something I can't believe. And so she knows that um, I have huge troubles in believing something that's not demonstrated and evidence for me is not oh we got hearsay eyewitness accounts in the bible or we have remission of cancer in our neighbor friend who is a christian or we have you, you name it. it this is not she understands that that's not good enough for me and what i understand about her is that she needs this and I'm not going to take it away from her. And I don't even desire to take it away from her. She has my blessing to be a Christian. And that's okay. Yeah. I think that's key to relationships across difference divides. Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't think you can maintain your friendships, especially with super tight knit ones. No, don't get me wrong. There was a, there is a difference, right? It's not the same. The relationships that I have, like with our, our neighbors, for example, it's a little different, especially at first, but I've demonstrated over and over again that I'm the same person. And I, I, I do think they believe me. Like they've left, I've had them leave kids with me. Like they, they trust, they trust that I'm the same person, that I haven't turned into some kind of terrible person. Yeah. Right? But what's, what's interesting is that it's a pretty big move to change your fundamental belief. And I think it's fair for people to watch for a while to make sure you don't change. Cause so, let's, I do think some people do change too. And maybe, and that's fine. I, I think whether you leave 
a religion or whatever, the person you marry 40 years later is a different person in some respects. Yes. Yeah. You kind of grow together, right? Yeah. Like people change over time. So what's been interesting with my marriage is I feel like there is definitely that moment where you realize we got married because of the church. And that was the thing we have in common. We no longer have that thing in common anymore. Like, are we good? And you kind of have to go down that rabbit hole. And I, I concluded that, like, I think we're a good match regardless. So. Did you have a big wedding? A big wedding. Um, I, we got married in the temple. It was free in a pretty castle. You wouldn't have been able to come. So only Mormons can go? No, only temple recommend holding Mormons can And you can't have a temple recommend unless you pay your tithing, which is 10% of your income. Wow. So when you left Mormonism, you gained 10% income? Yeah, I got, um, uh, what's the phrase? Hey, I know how you can get a 10% raise and an extra day off a week. <laughs> yeah. I think Sundays are as stressful as um, weekdays for a lot of people, depending on what kind of calling they have. So the pastor level is volunteer at a church congregation, a Latter-day Saint congregation. Besides paying your 10%, did you have to pay another fee? Um, no. Hmm. Like, uh, well, there's fast offerings. That's like a little. It's not a lot. And did the Mormon church provide you with like uh, a choir and orchestra and all that stuff or... Was that all extra? Um, what What do you mean? Like, who did your music when you got married? No, it was just, it was our, it was my grandma's backyard. Like, no, the church doesn't provide anything for that okay. at all. And in the ceremony, like where you go to get married is, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, the very first time you go, it's pretty bizarre, but all your family is there. So like you come out after all the weird, weird stuff and then your whole family's there. And that was actually a pretty powerful moment for me, just seeing all my family dressed in white. And it was, it was like your family there. It's like, it's a, I don't know. I just was happy to be there and everybody was happy that I just went through the ritual. Like, is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is what I was saying earlier that when you asked me a question, I forget what the question was, but that you need the stupidest beliefs in order to bring people together. It's like, mm -hmm. it's weird how stupid we and are. And it is beautiful. Seeing your family all dressed in white is a very beautiful thing to see. Not gonna, not gonna lie. And the last time I went to the temple, I, I think I knew it was the last time that I was going to go. It was kind of sad for me. I remember sitting in the waiting room before you go, you, you go congregate in kind of like a chapel area before you go through the movie. So then they move you into the movie room. Um, and I was sitting in the chapel area and I was just looking around and seeing everyone dressed in white. And I was just sad. I was like, ah, I, I don't mind being part of this tribe. Like I just can't, I can't, I can't lie anymore. Right. Like I couldn't do it because I didn't, I, they make too many claims that can't be, can't be that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, but I remember I, I felt I felt sad that I wasn't going to be able to be part of the club. Anymore. Well, it's human nature so. to to be to want to be part of the club, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's very few people in society who actually thrive on not being part of a club. Well, things are only weird too when 
you're not used to them. Like you could go to another culture in Africa and they'd be doing their ritualistic thing. And we just go, oh, that's just a different, it, it's a Mormon culture thing. Like there's a reason that <laughs> culture, right? Yeah. Like we look at like it and I, and there's definitely some unhealthy aspects of a high demand religion, like, like Mormonism, like there's, they're, they mess with you a little bit. Like they won't, ugh, there's so many things. I'm, honestly, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because I gave so much trust to the leaders in the church, right? You gave and they stress? Be, uh, so much trust. Oh, I trust. trusted them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they've gone to Ivy League schools. I don't know how well aware you are of, like, the leaders of the Mormon faith, but, like, the president of the church right now, the prophet, is a world-renowned heart surgeon. Like, these guys aren't dumb. And so my secular mindset, right, that's kind of doubting all of this goes, okay, these guys, I trust them. They're smart. They're not idiots. And they're telling me they know. So they must be like talking to Jesus or something. Like they must have, like you, like they, they must have some level of confidence and they're not bullshitting themselves. They're more, they're smarter than that. And well, if they're um, so smart that maybe they're bullshitting others. And I, you know, and when you get into the ex-Mormon space, there's this debate about like, do they know? Like, do they yeah. really believe it or not? And I kind of think they do. That's where I lean. I think they, and I, I do think they feel guilty for misleading people too. Cause I, I think, I think they feel guilty for making people believe they might be talking to Jesus when they know damn straight, like how they really know, which is the same way they knew their whole life, which is a feeling, right? But they still trust that feeling. Sure. And they, they'll say that feeling's just as good as anything. That's how they make themselves feel better. But they, I think they feel guilty for misleading people. Cause there's a lot of people, if you go ask someone that sits in the pews every Sunday, if you think that they're talking to Jesus, and Christ is actually leading the church, they'll say, yeah, I think that might be true. They, and they'll say it doesn't have to be, but they that's what they think. Mm. A lot of people. I mean, I remember the day that I stopped believing that, or and I talked to my husband about it, and he had also updated that belief, and he basically said something along the lines like, no, no man doesn't have to walk by faith, so... He didn't think they were talking to Jesus because everyone has to walk by faith, even the prophet that's speaking for Jesus. Well, we should wrap this up. Do you want to apologize for anything you said to your Latter-day Saint friends who might be watching in the replay? Just said what I thought. Yeah. I can't apologize for what I think. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm the same way. You, you do make promises that you won't divulge anything that you hear in the temple. Oh, really? Oh yeah, that's why I was making those symbols where you cut your throat and you slit your bowels. Yeah, they used to. I didn't ever do that. They updated the ritual before I went through, but my parents have done that. Oh my goodness. I can't believe you didn't know this. They have rituals where they pretend to slit their own throats? They used to. Go watch the BBC interview. The BBC interviewer guy goes and talks to a bunch of ex-Mormons and they explain what they did in the temple and that Mitt, this is during the Mitt Romney stuff. And they explained that Mitt Romney would have done this. And so he goes and gets to talk right with one of the 
top 15 of the church and asks him, did Mitt Romney do this? I think. I remember on Facebook when Mitt Romney, Romney ran for president, I remember on Facebook superimposing his face on the magical underwear on Facebook. <laughs> like, this is who you're voting for president? You did that? Yeah, I did that years ago, yeah. What year did oh, wow. he run? Was that So you don't think a Mormon could make a good president? No, no, a Mormon could make a great president. But the thing is, it's just so weird. It's it's weird how humans can compartmentalize this cult like religion and then still be a heart surgeon. Like how does that happen? I don't know. How can you be part of a club that the symbols of slitting your throat and wear green aprons thinking that this has something to do with the Garden of Eden and clean Near. someone's arteries the next day in a heart surgery. I, I don't get it, but it yeah. happens. Yeah, it sure does. We humans are so weird. Yeah, but that's why I was getting at at the beginning of our conversation. Like, I don't think the religious belief, I think it's doing something for people, I think, or else, I don't know. Oh yeah, oh, it's so definitely crazy. the case. There's a benefit, but I just don't feel I need enough so, enough so that sacrificing ten percent of your income and just sitting on it for two hundred years doesn't <laughs> hurt the community. Yeah, that's weird. They Mormons live off of ten percent less than the whole population, and the church doesn't even spend it. They just sit on it, saving it for Jesus. They have to spend it on something. Like, $150 like, billion. Dollars. What does the administrator, like the head guy for the Latter-day Saints, what's his salary? Does anybody know? 130000 130, or something like that. Oh, really? According to leaks. And plus all expenses paid for his house. And, I'm sure. And jet. Yeah, and, and probably some benefits, like their kids get free tuition to BYU and stuff like that, and grandkids and forever. Who knows? I'd, that's all speculation. I I, I know that there were some leaks of their pay stubs and I want to say it was actually maybe 130 is too much. How or maybe it's gone up because of inflation, but it's not a ridiculous amount. How do they verify that you're giving 10% honor code? Like you have tithing settlement at the end of the year and you go meet with the Bishop and he says, are you full tithe payer? That's it. We should, we should go to bed. Okay. It's fun. Good chat.